You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. <laughs> the, the luckiest man alive. <laughs> that is true for many reasons. Thank you for that uh, beautiful uh, dawning description, sweetheart. Love you. <laughs> um, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? We awake? Kind of? A little bit? Amen. Um, I do have, before we get into our 40 days of prayer, how many, you guys appreciating these devotionals in these uh, midweeks, yes? Amen. Kit Cummings, uh, Holy Spirit-led, pretty inspiring? Yes. I would venture to say emphatically yes. Uh, nothing but sharp encouraging. So as we go through uh, these different Sundays, we'll do our best to try to supplement that material, if you will. Um, you know, this is more than just a program, right? This is something that's encouraging powerful spiritual disciplines, hopefully for the rest of our walk with God and being able to see some amazing miracles that God does in our life as a result of our 40 days of prayer. So, but before I get into that, I do have a, one, at least one thing. My mom is here today. So, she, she came in all the way from sunny San Diego. She's your sister in Christ. She is. I was there. I saw her get baptized. It's encouraging. <laughs> and very happy to have you, Mom. I love you very much. So, yeah. I, I'm an only child, so there was a bond there. When you're an only child, you're connected, right? For, for better or for worse, here's my origin story. Okay, now judge me for it. Amen. <laughs> On that note, let us pray. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much, Father, that you love us the way that you do. You give us opportunities, Father, to be able to worship you, uh, to sing to you, Father. We're so grateful for the fellowship. Grateful to see Brian here, God. Amen. Grateful, God, that you just you work so powerfully to bring us together through your Holy Spirit and in unity and love. We pray, Father, just uh, for this time. You know, I need your Holy Spirit, God, that, that may I be a vessel for you, uh, that you preach your word as you see fit. Uh, you emphasize and, and, and show and teach whatever it is according to your Holy Spirit. Help us to have attentive, attentive hearts and minds. Allow us, God, to be just uh, ready to receive whatever it is that you have for us, God. And we just pray you have a great rest of the day in you as we finish our service. We love you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the title of today's lesson is Miracle Hunting. Now, if you've been going through the devotionals, <clears throat> hopefully you have. I read a couple, maybe. One or two or 20-something at this point, uh, there's this notion of, of miracle sightings, right? Yeah. And that the idea that we're looking uh, for ways and, and looking for what God is already doing in our lives. And so I like this idea of miracle hunting in the sense that these new eyes, this new perspective, where we're not just kind of meandering through life, and we're not just doing the nine-to-five, and all the responsibilities that come with being a husband or a wife or a parent or professional, but through all of that, we're looking to see all the ways that God is working. As we have this engaging prayer life with him, what is God going to do next as a result of the prayers that we prayed today? Amen? So that's kind of a little bit of idea behind miracle hunting. Now, I'm going to take from, from John 11. This is a very uh, familiar story for many of us about Jesus and Lazarus. Um, it, it is mentioned in one of the devotional uh, days as well. And so I'm going to read through this real quick. 
Uh, we'll have some points uh, about you know, these different passages. And I want to share a little bit just about prayers and things that I've seen uh, God work in my own life. And hopefully that will encourage and inspire. And we'll close it out after this little discussion portion. It's not just going to be Mia here. You guys are actually going to talk as well amongst each other. So that's gonna be, that'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. And then uh, we will have Marlena Barnes share how God has worked in her life and all the testimonies that come from prayer. Amen? Yeah. All right, so John 11, verse 30. Let's pick it up. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Now, a little bit of backstory, right? Mary and Martha, uh, very famous uh, in, in scriptures. Uh, Mary was the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her hair and, and cleaned it with, his, with, uh, with tears. You know, she, she was someone that was very aware and understood her sin. Mary and Martha are close to Jesus. They had this request. Their brother was sick. Can you please, please come out and help? Because surely this man that can... Uh, make the blind see, can raise, or at least in this situation, before he passed, heal our brother who is gravely ill. Jesus waits. Not one, not two, not three, but four days. Interesting. It says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We're going to skip into verse 38. There's this whole section about the shortest passage in Scripture where it says that Jesus wept. He was overcome. We, many of us have been around this Scripture. We know this story about how, you know, Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew that he was going to perform this amazing miracle, but he still empathized. He still connected with what they were going through. We pick it up in verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha. Martha's very practical, right? She was the one that was doing all the, uh, when they're at the house, Mary and Martha, Martha was doing what? She was cleaning. She's getting all the preparations ready. People are coming over. We got to get, you know, get the popcorn ready. Uh, Have this entryway uh, swept. All these different things. So she's very practical. She says, by this time, there's a bad order. For he has been there for four days. Now, I don't know how you came this morning. Hopefully, you showered. <laughs> Hopefully, you did. But generally speaking, there's some aspect of our life that has a bad odor. Well. It is, right? Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's marital life. I'm looking at your face right now. I can see some bumps. <laughs> Sometimes it's just figuring out uh, your professional workplace and navigating those waters. Sometimes it's relationships. Uh, you could be a teen, and you could be in high school, and that's a whole different ball game, right? It's a very, uh, it's a very inclusive place, right? No one kind of forces you to be in any little, you know, category, right? No one ever does that, not in high school, ever. No, I, it's pretty accepting. I'm my understanding. That's what I remember anyway. <laughs> so there's these odors, you know, these things that we carry around with this, and I, you got to fill in the blank. I don't know what it is for you, but then Jesus said, "Did I not tell you that if you believe?" You will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I always think of like the mummy, one, two. The Brandon Fraser mummy, the earlier one, not the remake I didn't watch. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let's break this down little by little. Verse 32, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Does Jesus' presence matter? Yes. It does. Conceptually, we're at church, and you've been around the Bible for a little bit. These things are easy to understand, okay? I need to rely on Jesus. I need to believe in Jesus. Dare I say I should follow Jesus, But one of the litmus tests in terms of whether or not we really believe is when things get difficult, when life is hard, when my brother just passed. The pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the grieving, the mourning, the wailing, we go through this whole gamut of emotions. Jesus' presence when we talk about the 40 days of prayer, when we talk about all the things that we want to see God do, it has to matter. Not just conceptually, not just something we understand, but something that we experience. We're so close to God that his divine nature, that his promises are etched in our heart. They're right here. They're not here. They want 18 inches down. They made this connection. There's no vow blocking. We release that vow. Here it is. It's in our hearts. So when we go through these times, when we have these challenges, Jesus' presence is not simply an intellectual discourse. It's an experience with our Creator and our Father in heaven. And that's the connection. That's the prayer life. When we have that type of, of, of intimacy with Jesus, and then we pray, That's when we start seeing some power. Jesus told her, you can see it highlighted. Oh, check this out. Wait, I forgot about it. Look at that. Uh Uh-oh, it's still here. Did I not tell you that if you believe, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Is she believing in that moment? A little bit, but she's also very sad. She knows that Jesus can perform miracles. Seen it, heard it, believes it. But going through the occurrences, going through what I see in front of me, the nearsightedness. Scripture said we should live by faith and not by sight, but it's hurting, so it's hard to see anything beyond that. Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? As we're going through 40 days of prayer, there's a bit of trepidation because there's this element of putting ourselves out there in prayer. Like to to, to believe. And you've had prayers that you, you know, you went through, you maybe want to see something happen, someone become a Christian or whatever this, you know, this life goal was, and it didn't come to fruition. Right? And then we can carry that with us. 
We can carry the disappointment with us. We can carry the hurt with us. And then it affects our ability to experience the presence of God in prayer. But this is what Jesus says. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That gets me up in the morning. Why? Because I have the creator of the universe. I have Jesus Christ saying to believe, to pray to me, and to watch what I do with those prayers. I know you're hurt. I know you've been through the ringer. I know you're going through it maybe this moment. But you know what? We can still believe and see what God does. This is an exciting time. As I'm going through these devotionals, I, I, I'm writing down all these impossible prayers. And some of them, some of them kind of hurt because they're things that I, I, I'm, I'm picking up the mantle that I prayed about maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I got discouraged. And I said, you know what? Um, I don't know if I want to go here emotionally. But I do. I do. I, I want to face maybe, maybe taking off the Band-Aid for a second. Taking, you know, putting some salve on that wound. And then praying and seeing what God does with it. It's exciting. And this is, I think, a huge aspect of what the Christian life should be. It should be this element of us having fun with God. I love Kit's story about, he had one story about, you know, remember walking on the beach and he wants God to show him a seashell. And then he goes across this uh, fence that shouldn't be there. It is there and now it's knocked down because of some kind of storm. And then he goes and gets like 500 or 5,000 seashells because of what God's doing. I want to share a little bit today as we go through scriptures or go through even just this lesson, some of the things that God's doing. And I'll get there in a sec. What we have to do is we have to take off the grave clothes. Right? Jesus told Lazarus when he told him to come out, there's this element of hearing God's voice. There's this element of obedience. Jesus is going to tell us to do something. In this case, Lazarus, come out. It's in that obedience that we're able to take off our own grave clothes, as it were. We're able to shed this old life. We're able to shed this old way of thinking. We're able to shed our hurts and pains and uncertainties and doubts and fears and worries. We're able to let these things go and we're able to be free to live a new life. A life powerful in prayer. Otherwise, it might look like this. That's a little shoddy image, but I don't think we want to walk around like that. Half resurrected, half not. Kind of with God, but not really. I'm walking around, but I still have my linens. He's trying to free us up. God is trying to free us up so we can be part of the kingdom that changes the world one person at a time. One situation at a time, one circumstance, one prayer at a time, every single day. This is exciting to me. The idea of being able to walk with God on a daily basis, pray to God all the time, and look forward to the miracles that he's going to do. This is, a, this is one for, uh, for us. It may not seem like much, and you're kind of like, what the heck is this photo right here? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Peanut Gallery. Um, 
This one is the place, actually, it's a, it's a, it's a for rent sign of the place that we ended up living at. This is interesting because when I first drove by, the, the, uh, the phone number was incorrect. And so about like 75 people called the wrong number for this individual who's not in real estate and does not live in California. And so he was upset, and he calls, eventually tracks down the owner, change your phone number. Five days later, and this whole time, this five days, I'm marinating. I'm like, God, I drove by this place, and it looks perfect. It has the neighborhood we want, the price point we want. I even like kind of snuck in the window like a, like a creeper, like kind of like trying to see what the, uh, you know, what, what the uh, open concept possibly looked like, you know? And it just so happens, because everyone called the wrong number, when I came back around, the right number was put up. And guess who was first in line to get the place? We were! Why is that encouraging? Because the butler spent seven months in a one-bedroom with a family of five. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a big prayer on our our hot list, yes? Amen for that one. So that's a free invite. Whenever you guys want to come over, let me know. We'll we'll put it in the list in order of importance. I'm just kidding. But no, please let me know. We'd love to have you guys over. Here's another cool answer prayer. Um, This is about like... If you guys remember Basketball League, anybody from, from Once Upon a Time? Hopefully you never got in a fight in the Basketball League or witnessed any kind of aggression. Never. It was all Calvin back in the day. He was, you know, he was the hothead. This is exciting for me because this is like five months in the making. So this is a lot of prayers, a lot of work, a lot of discussion, um, you know, going back and forth. Because you don't know what to expect when you do something like this when it hasn't been done in about 20 years, right? Uh, by the grace of God, we have nine regions participating in our league. Yeah. We have all nine regions. And so the reason why I'm plugging this is because I want you guys to come out. It's starting next week. Yes, it's in Whittier. It's a little bit of a drive. But we need signs that say, like, you know, number 24 in, in your program and number one in our hearts. You know what I mean? We need that support. This is exciting because we've been using, you know, you use different avenues, right, for, for just connections and, and outreach. And we've been yeah. using basketball the past year and change in the South Bay yeah. to build unity and to help people to know God. And so this is kind of, it's, it's a, kind of a natural, you know, spread, if you will, that's now going to the rest of the L.A. church. And so I'm really excited about this because of all the prayers. And trust me, when you try to do something on a macro level, uh, you're going to get some haterade. Yeah. Right? You, you, you have individuals that will look at you and be like, that's cute. Good luck with that. It's great. And I had some of those. I'm like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm like, hey, I want to do this church league, and it's going to be great. And I'm looking at the person, and they're like, like they're not even looking at me anymore. Like, <laughs> but why do I share that? Because, you know, the, the pushback is real. And so when you want to make these prayers, when you want to put yourself out there before God, uh, the enemy hears He's aware. In the same vein, the other side of that coin, God will use that perseverance to produce character. God will use that to build up our faiths, to test our resolve. We're really serious about the things that we want to see happen. Here's, here's our first, uh, this is our first practice. This is a prayer uh, before the practice. You might notice some of the people in there. There's Rich, Josh, Andrew, Ben, Coach Owen Thomas, Jalen. And then there's some guys that are ringers as well that we threw in there. But we're, it, it, there's a ratio to this. So like, I don't know if you, if you remember Old Church League, but this is, it's like a 7 to 3 or 8 to 4 ratio, if you will, 
from, uh, you know, church members, disciples to those that are visiting. So it's, it's intentionally, <coughs> excuse me, mixed up. Yeah. We're putting everybody together to make connections, get out of a little bubble, and see God work. Here's another one, a little prayer. This guy, this guy didn't know I was putting it up there. He, I, I just winked at him right now. He's like, you stinking bum. <laughs> so the gentleman up here, aside from uh, me being the luckiest man alive and my, my gorgeous wife, uh, the gentleman on the photo is named Will Brooks. Now, Will Brooks, I had the pleasure of getting to know, said the Bible with, and baptized, uh, what was that, 18 years ago, I think? And um, about a couple years into that, he went to Guam. He's from Guam originally. Uh, did, uh, served in the military for extensive periods of combat, combat medic. Um, but my prayer was always that he would come back to the States and return back. Because we have a very, you know, he's, he's a good friend. I love this guy. He's helped me throughout, you know, many different issues throughout the years. And so by the grace of God, last December, he came back. And guess who's coming to South Bay Church the past month? Will Brooks. Again, last one was maybe five months in the making. This prayer was 18 years. About 18 years, 16 maybe, probably 16. 16 years for me to want to just hold on to hope and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. And there's moments of faithfulness. There's moments where you don't think something's going to happen. For sure. But it's just a mustard seed. It's just a mustard seed of faith. This is the quote that we keep on referring to in our 40 Days of Prayer from Albert Einstein. It says, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. I think it's high time for us as disciples of Jesus Christ to look for the miracles every single day and what God is doing. There's a lot of, let's just say, uh, uh, possibilities of where we can fix our gaze. And there's a lot of uh, attention that the world wants to take from us and distract us and give us whatever pleasure, temporary pleasure, whatever you could possibly think of, and we miss out on all the things that God's trying to do. Prayers that you prayed, he's answered, and we're not even looking for the response. It's high time that we embrace, as a South Bay church, going on an adventure every single day and seeing what God does. Looking forward to, in faith, how God is going to work. Because either Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead or he didn't. And if he did, and we believe that, that same power that Jesus has is readily available for all of us to use. Granted, it might not give you the lottery victory that you want. Probably not. I'm still going to pray for it, right? But there's so many ways that God wants to work in your life and the lives of those around you. When we pray like this, we advance his kingdom. We move the spiritual needle forward. We help people go up one rung of the ladder of spirituality, ourselves included. That has to excite us. The fact that God is doing miracles every single day and that we don't take that for granted. That our prayer life reflects a God who can do anything simply because we wanted to see him work. I have a discussion question for you guys. We're going to break into groups in four or five. I know this doesn't happen too often. And I know you just wanted to hear me talk for 30 minutes, but I'm not going to. Here's a question for you guys. What is one miracle sighting that you have seen in your own life 
recently. What we're going to do is break into groups of four or five for about maybe five minutes. And we're going to discuss this one question. What is one miracle sighting that you've seen in your own life recently? Ready? Four or five minutes? Break. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. In the words of Matthew McConaughey, we're going to start wrangling back in. It's the hardest part when the fellowship has an opportunity to talk. Usually, trying to get people back is one of the most challenging things you can do on stage. So I appreciate that. Uh, silence is actually coming pretty quickly, so thank you for that, guys. So one thing, uh, how was that, by the way? Who wants to share about somebody else? Not, not their own miracle sighting. Anyone? <laughs> so, so just for the live stream, Danny Zarita is the one to blame for all the rain the past several days. So there's, there's a, currently a leak in our bedroom. Thank you, Danny Zarita. Appreciate that. So Martini shared that her miracles were no rain. <laughs> so the anti-prayers, you know, they, they collided and officially the storm's over. Amen. Anybody else? Someone else's miracle sighting. Okay, amen. So for the live stream, Courtney's uh, wedding prayers are being answered in terms of attendance and, and apparently what culture it is. Oh, photography. I didn't, I didn't get to catch the photography part. I thought I just wanted to go to weddings. Like those <laughs> wedding crashes from the early 2000s. I was really confused. Appreciate the clarification. Miss Bengard. Amen. So apparently a, a reuniting of friendship after 40 plus years, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> At least he can recall it, amen. Amen. Anybody else? A couple more. Amen. Amen. South Bay, warm welcome to Joan Erica from the West Side. Happy to have you guys. And final one. So the biggest thing that I've discovered through this whole journey is that I realized that I stopped looking for these giant miracles and started realizing how many small miracles there were every moment. Like... When I wake up next to my beautiful wife, and I live at the beach, yeah. I live at the beach. <laughs> you know, and here, and, and we were we were in such a drought. And look at the gift that God has given us, right? Mm -hmm. The drought is gone, mm -hmm. and now we have beautiful sunshine. So, I've started discovering that the day is full of miracles every single day. 
That's the biggest discovery mm-hmm. for me. Amen. Thank you very much, Casey. For the live stream, Casey said that every day is full of miracles. It's time to embrace them. So speaking of miracles, we do have one more to share. Marlena Barnes is going to walk on stage. If you know much about Marlena, this is a miracle. For the very first time in how many years? 11 years. You've heard it here first. She's going to share her testimony. So without further ado, I give you Marlena Barnes. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, as Red said, my name is Marlena Barnes, and I am just here to share my testimony um, and just how I've always, how now seeing just different ways God has worked in my life, like since pretty much since day one. Um, to start, I want to start with a couple scriptures, a couple that we all know: Psalms one thirty nine, thirteen through sixteen. For I am so blind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> For you created my inmost, my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I use those two because I am 34 years old, have been a disciple for 11 years, and am barely figuring out who the heck I am. (laughs) And as much as I hate this moment right now, I am kind of glad that it happened because it's helped me to see that I'm haven't always known myself, and I've always kind of known of God, but God has always known me, and God is always, like, looking back on it now, like, I've always had a lot of, uh, a lot of image issues, like, self-image issues, a lot of self-doubt, and, stuff, and, like, how I was raised and whatnot, but looking back on it now, like, how I was always painted in one way, God has always shown me otherwise, and, like, just seeing how it's all played out now, and some of it still doesn't make sense. Like, still asking a lot of questions, like, God, why'd I have to go to this? Why'd I go to that? And God's like, well, you know, I'll give you your music. You know, of course, i got to talk about it. God gave me my music, and you I was going to be going through a lot, so he gave my music, get me through it. But then, like, other questions, like, seeing it now, like, my parents, they got divorced when I was 12 years old. Divorce is divorce, whatever. But I have an older brother. Why did I have to go through it by myself? And seeing now that I have a nephew who's 10 years old who's going through a similar situation, so what I went through there, it gave me the tools to help him now. Yeah. Sucks then, sucks now, but I can help my nephew. <laughs> um, so it's not always the best turnout or whatever, but it, I, I see how God has used these things to help me yeah. and help others. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so to talk a little bit more about that uh, and like how I was raised. So I was born in D.C., 
parents moved me and my brother to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was five because DC wasn't the safest area for us at the time. So I made sure we was all the age 18. Uh, my parents moved us to Charlotte, North Carolina and it was your typical dysfunctional family. Mom and dad fought all the time, got divorced when I was 12. Um, my dad, he was more the friend role than the father role. And my mom, she pretty much ran the game. Uh, we always went to church, always different kinds of churches. Uh, so always kind of knew God. We were Methodist, Presbyterian, we were Baptist, and then we were finally Catholic when I was in like fifth grade and stuck there for a while. Um, <clears throat> sorry, distractions. <laughs> but um, so always kind of like knew God and always knew the love of God and, you know, how forgiving he could be, how graceful he could be, the promises he had and all this other stuff. It was always kind of known to me. But then you kind of tether that to my mom who didn't have the best upbringing herself and had a lot of unhealed trauma from that. So you kind of tether those two together and instead of the word God, it more became the word mom. And <laughs> instead of that loving forgiveness and that, uh, like that mercy and, you know, the promises for, you know, a better future and so on and so forth. Anytime you messed up, which I was a kid from growing up, barely learning the ropes of life, so I'm constantly messing up. Instead of, it's okay, you're right, so love you, and so on and so forth, it was physical, mental, verbal, emotional abuse. It was, you're not going to make it, you're not going to do this, you're going to be a failure, you're not going to excel, you're not going to be able to lead anything, you're not going to be able to follow, I mean, you're always going to follow, you're just, or if you make it anywhere, you're, just, you're not going to make it anywhere. So... I grew up like that, um, just always feeling like I was never going to make it anywhere. I was never going to do anything if I made it anywhere. And um, everything was pretty much according to her. Everything was done for her. Everything needed to be for her and for her benefits and make her better. And if it didn't work, then I wasn't, going to, I wasn't doing anything right. And I was never going to do anything right. So, and, and I, I, I'm like barely breaking out of that now. <laughs> Um, and I spent like about 20 years of my life like being formed that way, being built that way. And like looking back on it now, I see how I felt that way. I just never felt like I was going to make it. I was never going to do anything. I was always going to be a failure. Um, I was a low life and everything. In my classes, <laughs> I ended up teaching like my math, science, and music classes like throughout middle school and high school. Um, where I felt like I was alone and so on and so forth. Like I said, I had my brother, we sat together like we were best friends and so on and so forth. But when I was 12, he was 17, he graduated from high school, left home and everything, so I was by myself. Um, I was like really alone. So like my brother left home, but then I met my best friend, uh, best friend Del, <laughs> still have her to this day. But uh, her and her family, they kind of became like another home for me. So God provided for me in that way. Um, like I said, I, I was really alone going through this and I didn't really know or have a way to talk about it. I don't like to talk. You guys know me. I don't like to talk about things. <laughs> but God gave me art. He gave me music. He gave me a way to express myself and, and when I didn't have the words for it. Um, so, like, little things like that where God showed me, no, I got you in this way. No, you have this. No, you have that. No, you are capable of doing this. No, you will excel in this. No, you can do this. And I didn't quite see it, but looking back on it now, now I see it. Now, like, God's always been trying to tell me, like, no, you are capable of these things. I just need you to see it and do something with it. <laughs> um, so I kind of got a taste of that uh, after I graduated high school, graduated in 06, and uh, went to the Air Force. And... It took me working on this to finally realize the point of any of this, of like this moment. It was literally just a stable life. 
I uh, went to the Air Force, it was first days of freedom, got away from my mom, and uh, I ended up being dorm chief of my flight, just like second TI to my flight, I was in charge of everything. Uh, ended up getting hurt, first major leg injuries. Um, and uh, ended up getting hurt in medical hold, and I kind of built up a, reti a reputation as a dorm chief in training, so on medical hold, I ended up being in charge over there as well. One of my night patrols, <laughs> saw a girl in the shower, long story short, girl slid her wrist in front of me and tried to commit suicide. Right, um, <laughs> but I, I was there for it and ended up saving her life. She's alive and well, I hear from her every once in a while. She's alive and well, married with kids, doing great, fantastic. Now, um, and, and, um, and like I said, I'm just not real, like, like exactly, it was, that was a miracle, like, the, I, cause like at first, like looking back on it, it's like, man, I was free, I was out the door, I was away from my mom, like I was good, I was doing all right. Why did I have to go back? Cause after that, I mean, that was traumatizing. and that wasn't gonna be the first time that I saw that, and I was like, yeah, I can't handle this guy, I was like, go home. So he sent me back home. And, um, and I ended up back home in Charlotte with my dad for a little bit. My mom, she had moved to DC, she got her holds on me again, ended up in DC with her. Um, and I kind of got like that taste of freedom, so I was like kind of a little bit defiant, so we kind of fall in everything. She ended up kicking me out. I was living with a guy that I was dating at the time, him and his family. And another long story short, ended up getting great at that time. Um, ended up back home with my mom, stayed there for a little bit, and we started going to a Christian church. And that was when I first really started recognizing and noticing God for his word and who he was outside of my mother. And it was the first time I started really calling out to God. I was going to school at the time, uh, and I was working and stuff, uh, and so everything was like still done for her, but then I started paying more attention to the word of God, how it spoke to me directly, and how God was trying to call out to me directly. And I started to call back out to him. I didn't know what I was doing really or anything, but I was just like, God, I just I need a break. I need to get out of here. I need to do something because I'm not going to be able to make it. And I ended up here in California. So my mom, uh, I mean, not my mom, my, uh, my dad and my brother, my brother, he was stationed out here in the Air Force. My dad had moved out here a couple, a few months before I did. And um, so they were already like, you should come, you should come, you should come. But I was trying to finish school. And, um, and it was like every time I got close, like something else like kept on happening with my mom. And like, I just kept on getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Like I was literally just like withering away. Um, I was constantly sick. I had like mentally I just had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, uh suicidal thoughts, all kinds of stuff going on. Um it just wasn't healthy at all. And I was like, no, I can make it, I can make it. Um but brother and dad and the guy, a different guy that I was seeing at the time, <laughs> worked together and got me out here. And I was moving out here. So I was like, cool, great. God got me got me, got me covered. So I got out here, it was free. And I was like, cool, got me got God got me out here. And I was like, no, I can do this on my own. And I was having fun and doing things. And then more things happened on my own. <laughs> uh, at that time, the guy that um, helped me move out here, uh, the guy that I was saying that helped me move out here, we, I ended up pregnant. <laughs> ended up having a miscarriage. Um, I was living with my brother, me and my dad, my brother, and his wife at the time. Me and my brother, we ended up having a huge fight. We don't talk about it anymore. It's the dark ages. We don't talk about it. But ended up having a huge fight where we didn't talk for a year. It was the worst thing ever. Um, me and my dad, we ended up moving to Long Beach, and I uh, started looking for a job, and I started looking for a church, too. And I was like, oh, I need to get to church, I need to get to church, I need, I need something, I need God. And God was like, cool, go work at Forever 21. I hate Forever 21. <laughs> <laughs> 
hate Forever 21. Like, I had been applying for jobs for like six months. I applied everywhere but that place. And like, and I would keep on walking by it. I would keep on seeing it. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And I applied and I was hired same day. I was like, come on. <laughs> Why? And God was like, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. So working at Forever 21, I was only there for a few months, and I ended up meeting, uh, some of you might know her, Shalonda Randolph, now Shalonda Andre. She lives in Colorado now, but she was, uh, she went to church in Long Beach, and I met her there, and I overheard her inviting another girl to church, and like we worked in fitting rooms together, I was in one of the rooms, and she was like inviting another, church, uh, another girl out of the church, and I poked my head, I was like, hey, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go, I'll come. And it still took me a couple of months because, like, we worked at Forever 21. It was really busy. I was always working whenever church was happening. Finally got off one Wednesday. She was like, you should come. And I was like, no, I have a break. I'm chilling. <laughs> no, man, I'm tired. And I sat there for a couple hours, and I got, like, really bored. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll go to church. I'll go. So I called her. I told her. She's like, cool, I'm going to send my friend to come and get you. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so then she sends Carmen. Carmen Donato now. I don't know her Y'all know Carmen. Uh, so she sends Carmen. Carmen comes, picks me up, takes me to churches when we're meeting out at Hacienda uh, in El Segundo. And she's taking me to church, and she's driving like a bat, like, out of hell. And I was like, I'm not going to make it. And I was like, if I die tonight, I get a free pass to heaven because I tried. Like, I was going for a reason. Like... <laughs> Obviously, I made it, but uh, <laughs> I went, and it was the first midweek, the first single midweek of 2012, and um, one, of the things, uh, one of the things that they were talking about, they were building acronyms for the year and sharing, like, what each letter meant and so on and so forth, and we're, like, sitting in different groups and everything, and people are, like, sharing all their stuff and, like, sharing what these different acronyms meant. And they were, like, getting deep, like, really deep. And I was like, guys, I don't know you. You shouldn't be telling me this. This is weird. But they were like, no, no, it's all good. And they just, like, kept on sharing stuff. And it was like, so what about you? And I was like, yeah, no, pass. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was really cool just, like, seeing how, how open and vulnerable everybody was, how connected everybody was. There was no judgment. Everyone was free to speak their mind, to speak what they needed and everything like that, prayers that they had on their mind, stuff like that. And I was like, I could, I could be a part of this. So I stuck around, and a month later, February 1st, 2012, I was baptized. <laughs> so, um, and, it, and it hasn't been easy by any means. <laughs> um, but in, like, since I've been baptized, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen, I've called out more to God. I've seen a lot more in how God has worked for me. Like, I, right after I got baptized, my stint at Forever 21 was over, like, two months later. <laughs> God was like, good, you're done. Like, it's over. Like, you, you got the reason now. I was like, <laughs> so I was able to quit Forever 21. Um, and got into the job that I have now, and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, started to see how certain things like just really started to play out. Some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't make sense. Um, some of it I'm still working through. Some of it, um, some of the things that I went through, like I mentioned I was reading when I was 19. One of, some of that that I went through with that, it helped me connect with Lindsay 
Patterson and held me, and I'm going to name drop some people, I'm sorry, um, and I'm going to forget some names, don't be offended, um, <laughs> but uh, it helped me connect with Lindsay, it helped me connect with my best friend Erica, who happened to be here this morning, that is nothing but God, um, <laughs> like God knew I needed that encouragement, thank you for being here, um, but it helped me uh, connect with her, and she's one of my best friends to this day. Um, as far as my music and how I try to express myself and everything, God gave me that. God gave me the, the chance to be here, to be able to play with you guys now, and to be able to play, not play with, but play for you guys and do that for you. Um, that, that was nothing but me. That any kind of training or anything like that, like any, or any kind of like talent or anything like that, I can only attribute it to God because I haven't, it's just nothing I really worked on. It's just like I am blessed. I am where I am because of God. It's nothing but God. Um, but just just seeing that and just understanding that, I have no idea how long I've been up here. How much time do I have? <laughs> you wouldn't know you have a problem with public speaking. I am. <laughs> <laughs> One more minute. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say. <laughs> all that to say. Um. I, 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 I'm here now because of God. I'm standing here now. It's Brett's fault, but I'm here because of God. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm here because of God. Like even getting to this moment right now, I see how God has played out in different ways. Like I said, He encouraged me with having my best friend here, um, and even with Kit's lesson on Wednesday, the questions in the book, and so on and so forth. I haven't really been following up like too much with the book, but one of my big prayers was to figure out and to really see myself through God and to see my life through God and see how he's played out in my life through God. And like I said, it's a little late coming, but it's better late than never that I'm finally seeing and finally getting a hold in that and finally grasping who he's made me and created me to be. <laughs> no, stop, no. Oh, okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> my sister Courtney be even like Courtney being here this morning like that's it, it it is a miracle that you are here this morning so we were joking in the back she was like I'm your miracle and we we're like yeah whatever but no it is like <laughs> it is a miracle that you're here so um anyways I will lead us into communion I pray as into communion <laughs> Father God thank you for this morning thank you for just all the ways that you work in our lives and just I pray that you open our eyes to see how you're always there how you're always present as long as we're leaning on you and um acknowledging your presence Thank you for your love, your mercy, your forgiveness. Um, thank you for your blessings, how you continuously just just pick us up and just show us the way. Um, I pray that you're with us for the rest of the service and uh, be with our hearts going through communion. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.